and mercy to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The text is the gospel. Please be, be seated. Brothers and sisters, today's text is so theologically delicious. It's so salvifically delectable. We have two pregnant women in the text and they're related to each other, cousins. Elizabeth, she is six months with child, three months away from giving birth to John the Baptist. No big deal, right? Well, no. Elizabeth's an old woman. She's ready for the nursing home kind of woman. She's old enough to be your great-grandmother. Oh, but there's more. The other mother's pregnancy just got going. And she, oh my goodness, she's a virgin, Mary. And she's the mother of Jesus, truly. Absolutely nothing is impossible with God. After all, when God rolls up his sleeves and goes to work for us and for our salvation, he doesn't take the easy route or the way that we do it. God's ways aren't our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. I suppose we could even say sometimes God's ways are really quite weird, unusual, bizarre. Well, as soon as Mary greets Elizabeth, infant in her womb, John leaps for joy. In his in the womb before he is even born, somersaults John is already preaching Jesus, preparing the way for the Lord. Now can you imagine what that ultrasound would look like? So, so much, listen carefully, so much for the tragic but all too common, unscientific and irrational opinion tenaciously held by pretend infallible divinities in black robes like Stephen Breyer, Sonia Sotomayor, Elena Kagan, and other blockheads like them who contend that John in Elizabeth's womb or Jesus in Mary's womb is not a human being but rather just a blob of tissue and that the baby in the womb is totally unaware of what's going on and has absolutely no feelings. Enough of that! Infant John in the womb does cartwheels and flip-flops upon hearing Mary's greeting. So much then also for the unfortunate opinion even among Christians that God's word cannot operate or do anything in a mother's womb. Or the much too common and infallible opinion that infants can't believe. Faith comes by hearing. Infant in the womb, John preaches with great joy, and his mother Elizabeth is the spirit-appointed interpreter. Filled with the Holy Spirit Elizabeth, she loudly and proclaims and blesses Mary. Blessed are you among women, she says, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Now those of you who grew up in the Roman Catholic tradition, you recognize the first part of that as the what? The Hail Mary. We Lutherans agree with that first part. Mary truly is blessed. In fact, 
Mary even said so in her Magnificat when she said, For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. In addition, the child, baby Jesus in her womb, he's also blessed. He is the Son of God after all. So the second part of the Roman tradition's Hail Mary is what we can't go along with. Do you remember that? Those of you who grew up in the Roman tradition, what was the second part? Mary, pray for us now in the hour of our death. We don't go along with that. The one you want praying for you and interceding for you is Jesus, not his mother, no matter how honored and blessed she might be. Because Jesus is the mediator between God and men, 1 Timothy 2. But I now want you to observe carefully that Elizabeth doesn't worship Mary and she doesn't seek her blessing. Elizabeth instead blesses her and calls her blessed among women. Why is that? Well, because Mary is what every Israelite woman aspired to be. The mother of <laughs> the Messiah. And so Mary is Eve's counterpart. Eve, you remember, heard the lie of the devil and was deceived. Mary, she heard God's sermon preached by Gabriel the archangel and she conceives. Mary's child is the devil's head crusher, the one who would make enmity with the devil and conquer Satan and death and the grave by dying on the cross. Mary, I would contend, is the fulfillment of motherhood because she carries in her womb the promised savior of all humanity. As Eve was the mother of all the living, remember Eve means life, so Mary is the mother of the one, capital O, one, who is the life, capital L, life, the source and the savior of all life. Yes, Mary is the embodiment of motherhood. She brings a unique dignity to women. So ladies, ladies, one of your own is the mother of God's son, Jesus the Christ. Now, did you hear what else Elizabeth said in the text? It gets overlooked quite a bit, especially by us in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. The third trimester filled with the Holy Spirit, white-haired and wrinkled Elizabeth joyfully calls Mary what? The mother of my Lord. The mother of my Lord. And why is this granted to me? That the mother of my Lord should come to me. This too is incredibly salvationally exquisite. Mary, Elizabeth's younger cousin, a young woman probably not even old enough to drive, is the mother of her Lord. Now, if that doesn't give you goosebumps today, <laughs> I don't know what in the world will. Brothers and sisters, what you just heard from Elizabeth is the very essence of the mystery of Christmas. It is indeed a great and mighty wonder. The Lord of the universe, the word through whom all things were made, has a mother. The word became flesh and dwells among us. The infinite, almighty Son of God takes up residence in the finite, bodily, physically confines of a mother's womb. The fullness of the deity dwells among us physically, bodily. The creator literally becomes the creature. 
So when speaking of Jesus, God is man and man is God. I said when speaking of Jesus. And Mary is, as the Council of Chalcedon in 451 AD correctly called her, Theotokos, which means the one who bore God in her womb. I suppose Jesus could have appeared suddenly out of nowhere as a fully grown man. I suppose. I mean, God can dwell with us any way that he chooses. But then there would be doubts cast over his work, like, does Jesus really fully embrace our humanity? Uh, is, he, is he really fully human? Or does he just appear to be that way? <laughs> Don't forget, brothers and sisters, that the ancient Greeks believed that the gods took on the form of humans, but the Greeks never believed that a god would ever become fully human. That would be the beneath the dignity of their deities, according to the Greek thinkers. My point is this, is if Jesus didn't have a human mother, we would forever doubt his humanity. In other words, was he really just like us, or did he only appear to be that way? And in doubting his humanity, we would then question what? We would question whether he is our substitute under the law for our salvation, whether his death actually does atone for our sin, whether he truly is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We would doubt that his death embraced the newly born and even the unborn. We would even doubt whether his Good Friday death on the cross was a genuine one or just a piece of Pixar-like divine special effects. Brothers and sisters, had Jesus shown up as a 30, 40, or 50-year-old man, he would have sidestepped some of the most difficult and painful parts of our human existence. The trauma of childbirth, the helplessness of infancy, the bumps and the bruises of childhood. Oh my goodness. The challenges that come along in adolescence, and the awkwardness of adolescence. He would not have known what it was like to wear diapers, to be utterly dependent on Joseph and Mary, and then to live obediently under them. It had to be this way for Jesus to literally be the savior of all. His human nature embraces all our humanity, from the tiniest cluster of cells in a mother's womb to the dying breath of the man on the cross. Literally then, from the womb to the tomb, Jesus embraces the fullness of our humanity with the fullness of his divinity. God is man and man is God in Jesus Christ. For you and for your salvation. That's the true reason, really folks, that's the true reason for this season of Christmas. And so Elizabeth blesses Mary. Blesses Mary for her faith, and rightfully so. Mary, you remember, heard Gabriel's sermon, as from God himself, which it was. She heard the preached word, and she believed that God would do what he promised, no matter how unlikely, no matter how unreasonable, no matter how unscientific or scandalous it sounded. People weren't ignorant back then. They may not have known about molecular biology. I'll grant that. But they knew basic biology of the birds and the bees. They knew virgins don't conceive and give birth. But Mary? Mary wholeheartedly believes the word of God. 
And here Mary, oh goodness sakes, Mary, brothers and sisters, is an exquisite example for all of us today. She hears the impossible word of God that in her virginity she would conceive and bear a son who would be Emmanuel, God with us, to save his people from their sins. And she responds as only a faither can respond to the incredible and humanly impossible promise of God. She says, Amen. Let it be to me according to your word. <laughs> and that's how it is with you and me. We're a bunch of our Lord's faithers and hangers-on. God says to us, In my Son, born of the Virgin Mary, you have life, you have forgiveness, you have peace. And what does faith say? Amen. Let it, be, let it be to me according to your word. God says to us, baptism is your new life. It is the washing away of your sins. It is your rebirth and renewal. And faith says, yes, amen. Let it be to me according to your word. Jesus says, this is my body. It's given for you. This is my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. And how does faith talk? Faith says, thank you. Gift given. Gift received. Amen. Mary's not our mother. Instead, she's our sister, an honored, chosen, unique sister who shouldered the singular honor of bearing the word of God. For that, we bless her on this fourth Sunday of Advent or any day when we sing the Magnificat. Mary is an ongoing reminder that with God, nothing is impossible. An old couple, Zechariah and Elizabeth, has a son in their old age. A young woman, Mary, by the Holy Spirit, conceives in her virginity. And in addition, <laughs> sinners are forgiven because God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not counting your sins against you. Yes, oh yes, with God nothing is impossible. Not even your salvation. In the name of Jesus, amen.